Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it is a rewatch Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. I'm excited to step into the film room and go over all of my schematic notes from the Titans win over the Bills on Monday Night Football. I have rewatched the game as many times as you possibly can within the about 17 hours since the final buzzer, and I am excited to unload all of that information to you guys today. We are going to talk about what the offense did. We are going to talk about what the defense did from an X's and O's perspective so you can get a better understanding of exactly how the Titans were able to defeat the Buffalo Bills. Now, before we get into my film notes on this rewatch Wednesday, do have to go over some roster moves, some injury updates, some general Tennessee Titans news that we got on Tuesday. So going to go over all of that roster news you need to know and then step into the film room for a rewatch Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it. You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Titans fans, this Rewatch Wednesday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has been more than just a place to get a tasty, affordable meal. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. We are going to dive into all of this roster news that you need to know about the Titans from Tuesday. Before we do, want to thank you guys for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. And if this is the first time that you've listened to the Locked On Titans podcast, make sure that you subscribe on whatever platform you do stream. Subscribe to the Locked On Titans YouTube channel. Smash that notification bell so you know when all of my content goes live. Also, have to check me out on social media, especially on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans for all my film breakdowns, visualizing all of the things that we are going to talk about on today's show. Check out the show Facebook page as well, at Locked on Titans Pod. But we have a lot of news to talk about. Obviously, it was uh, sent out into the universe on Monday night after the game, but we did get confirmation on Tuesday that Titans rookie first-round pick Caleb Farley did in fact tear his ACL. Now there are some online doctors who are very feeling very positive about it. It is the opposite knee than the ACL that he tore at the beginning of his college career. So the fact that he's already gone through rehab for an ACL is a good thing. He knows the process. He knows how long it takes and what goes into coming back from that. And he's a more mature man right now than when he tore it originally. So that should help him out. But definitely a devastating blow for the Titans who are having some serious issues at cornerback. Also, wide receiver Cam Batson also out for the season with a torn ACL. The Titans have been struggling to find a consistent kick returner. They're struggling to find consistent production at wide receiver with all the injuries. So with that in mind, a tough blow as well. Not quite as difficult to overcome as Caleb Farley's injury, but a tough one all the same. But some other roster news that isn't uh, as depressing, I guess, 
The Titans did activate rookie safety Brady Breeze to the 53-man roster, so good to see that Brady Breeze is coming back. While it's not a cornerback, depth in the secondary can never hurt. And then also, a guy who I thought has played pretty freaking well for the Titans since he got his opportunity, punter Johnny Townsend. He had the one shank in his first game as a punter for the Titans, but since then, he's been booming it. A really strong leg from Johnny Townsend, but Townsend being waived obviously clears the way for the weapon himself, Brett Kern, to return to the Titans roster. Remember, he was injured and just wasn't playing for a few weeks. Then he was added to the COVID list at the end of last week. Looks like he's going to be ready to come off the COVID list and be ready to get back into the lineup for the Titans. So, love to see that. Uh, as for Taylor Lewan, Taylor Lewan said himself on Twitter on Tuesday, quote, I'm all right. He's going to be in concussion protocol. I would not expect to see him play this week against the Chiefs, but shouldn't be a long-term season-ending injury or anything like that or anything even worse than that for Taylor Lewan. So, that's great news. Mike Vrabel said at his press conference on Tuesday that they are going to treat Julio Jones day by day. It's impossible to know the severity of Julio Jones's injury with the way the Titans handle it, but I got a feeling that's exactly how Mike Vrabel wants it. Also, Chris Jackson, haven't got an update on his injury. Looked like it was foot, ankle, something in the lower body there. Not certain the severity of that, but what we can expect is Breon Body Calhoun, who has been with the Titans since training camp, who's been on the practice squad, should get an opportunity to play in this game against the Chiefs. And then Chris Jones, another DB, who's been with the Titans since training camp that's been on the practice squad. Both of those guys I would expect to either get pulled up to the active 53-man roster, depending on IR and, and what the Titans want to do with the injured players, or at minimum, they're going to get that practice squad elevation for the Titans so that they can play in the game. I think the Titans' first move when it comes to replacing their cornerback depth, it's going to be to look within, look inward, uh, if anybody catches my Easter egg for that one. But um, I think that the Titans are going to go with Breon Body Calhoun, go with Chris Jones first. If those things are diabolical and terrible and just depressing and don't work out at all, then I would expect the Titans to maybe look elsewhere. The Titans are going to play this game, and then next week we're getting closer to the trade deadline. The Titans will have to make some moves before their Week 8 game. Uh, they could look for a guy like Kyle Fuller, Cam Dantzler, uh, Kendall Fuller, and you know there are other names that we are going to discuss next week before the trade deadline. One name I do want to mention here isn't a cornerback, but... Longtime edge rusher Whitney Merciless was cut from the Houston Texans. It was a mutual, mutually agreed parting of the ways for a veteran who's in the late stages of his career and wants to compete on a championship team and a team like the Texans who needs to get younger and needs to see some of their young guys. So those two parted ways. Whitney Merciless is a free agent. He's got history with Mike Vrabel. The Titans have had issues with their depth on the edge as well. If Bud Dupree were to go down again, if Harold Landry, God forbid, were to get hurt, the Titans would be in a terrible situation again at outside linebacker. So I would go get Whitney Merciless. Since the offseason, I have been wanting a veteran cheap free agent to be part of the pass rush rotation. A guy like uh, Ryan Kerrigan, a guy like Melvin Ingram, a guy like Justin Houston. The Titans can finally make amends and do right and get that veteran rotation pass rusher in the building with Whitney Merciless, who has history with Mike Vrabel in his system. So I would love to see that. But that's going to do it for all the roster news, all the hot topics for the Titans coming out of Tuesday. Now it is time 
We are going to step into the film room. We are going to talk X's and O's, and I'm going to tell you schematically what the Titans did on offense and defense to come out victorious in this game. Before we get into that, though, do want to tell you guys about Get Upside. Titans fans, there's an incredible app that everyone who buys gas has to know about. It's the Get Upside app. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or on Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and you'll get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump ever again. Get cash back using the free Get Upside app. And remember, use that promo code TOUCHDOWN and you'll get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making up to $200, $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back goes right to your uh, Get Upside account. You can cash out at any time right to your bank account, PayPal, or like an e-gift card for Amazon. Just download the free Get Upside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get $0.50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN on the free Get Upside app. fans let's do it let's step into the film room take a look at my film notes and i just want to throw this out here for you guys i get all kinds of comments on youtube oh it's a film breakdown with no film on it listen guys i cannot put film on the youtube channel it is a copyright strike the you know the little message you see from the NFL at the end the NFL is the express written consent owner of this content any uh rec- recollections any videos any uh, prohibited from the NFL blah, blah 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 it's a copyright strike not only will it shut down my channel but it'll shut down my entire network also people do put film breakdowns on YouTube but their accounts aren't monetized their videos aren't monetized they're not making money off YouTube for that content and. Guys, I have no shame in saying I want to make some money off all this work that I put in. So I do all of the film work with the film clips, with the All-22, all that stuff on my Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans. You cannot listen to this analysis and then not go check out my Twitter and see all the actual clips and films that I post all week. So that's my PSA. That's my little preamble before we get into this, just based on some of the reaction that I'm getting, some of the comments that I've been getting uh, from the YouTube crowd, who, uh, quite frankly, the YouTube crowd are savages. There's no other way around it. Those people uh, get real crazy, but I love the passion always. So let's dive into my notes. We're going to start on the defensive side of the ball this time. I usually start with the offense. I'm switching it up. So first, I want to outline my keys to victory, my game plan for the Titans are exactly, exactly what they executed out there. It's the same game plan we saw with the Ravens in the playoffs in 19, with the Ravens in 2020, with the Bills in 2020. You must rush. You have rush integrity. Don't let Josh Allen escape the pocket, especially to his right-hand side. Keep the Bills in front of you by playing zone defense, all eyes on Josh Allen. Don't let him get free lanes to run. Make him dump it short. Make him nickel and dime it all the way down the field. Five yards, six yards here. The Bills are going to go up and down the field, but you 
you have no problems with that. They're a good offense, but it's all about stopping them in the red zone. Red zone defense was my biggest key to victory for the Titans. They held the Bills to two for five, including that game-winning fourth down stop at the end in the red zone on the goal line. So no big plays, play zone defense, keep everything in front of you, make them nickel and dime it, stop them in the red zone, and then force a couple turnovers. The Titans were able to get one turnover in the interception, but with that fourth down stop at the end, that's a turnover on downs, and that's essentially a turnover in itself. So two turnovers, good in red zone defense. The Titans defense executed a great plan. Now the Bills had a pretty good plan themselves. They wanted to take advantage of the Titans with read pass option passes. And the read pass option, of course, as I outline every week, you, you have the option either to hand it to the running back or throw the pass behind the defense. Just depends on what one single defender does, your key, Josh Allen's key. And basically, uh, in the red zone, the Bills were doing a read pass option, but the whole goal was to attack Jackrabbit Jenkins in one-on-one coverage. Even if the Titans are playing a zone, what the Titans like to do is bring those safeties in the middle of the field up and cover the middle of the field. So the the Bills were trying to run a double move on Jackrabbit or a skinny post and just fit the wide receiver in right behind the safeties with nothing but Jackrabbit on the on the outside hip. And it was working. I mean, they got a DPI on the double move with Gabriel Davis. They got the touchdown to Stephon Diggs on that. So that was working for the Bills. They were going at Jackrabbit a lot. Another way they were using the RPO game is the Titans were bringing a slot blitz all the time with Elijah Molden all day long. You saw Elijah Molden blitzing off the slot all day long. Well, the Bills had RPO action where they would fake a handoff And then if they see that cornerback blitz from Elijah Molden, they're just going to throw it instantly to Cole Beasley in the slot. And you attack the blitz in the pass game, throw at the blitz. That's where less defenders should be because they're blitzing. And the Bills did have some success with that in the first half. The Titans got smarter, got accustomed to it, didn't bite on that read. And I'll tell you why the Titans didn't bite on that read. It's because the front seven of the Titans, the defensive line and the linebackers, were good enough to stop the Bills' run game, which was fifth best in the NFL coming into this game. They were able to stop the Bills' run game completely, turn off the faucet with just the front four and the two linebackers. When you only need those six guys to completely hem up the Bills' rushing game, then you don't have to worry about those fakes. You can stay in your zone and not worry have to worry about run defense in the secondary. So. More than anything, that really helped the Titans. It really set up the game. The guys in the secondary, the pass coverage, could really focus on stopping the passing attack because they weren't worried about the run game because they had confidence that their front six could stop that up. And I say front six because the Titans stayed in nickel all game long. They rarely went to dime with six defensive backs because then they'd be too small. They rarely went to base because then they would be too big and too slow. The Titans stayed in nickel all game. Got to give a lot of credit to Elijah Molden, who was out there all game long playing his best in the slot as a rookie. So a good job there. Um, With the zone, though, the, the what zone? The Titans played cover two invert. They got beat on the touchdown to Cole Beasley right before halftime. After that, they kind of quit running that. But they played a ton of cover three in this game with a deep safety and then the two corners playing the deep thirds. They were flipping their safeties back and forth. So Josh Allen never really knew exactly which safety was going to be the deep safety. You love to see that. Much more cover three in the second half after they got burnt on that cover two invert, which I've been talking about for a week now that they're going to get burnt on the cover two invert if they keep running it as much 
as they were. The Titans did mix in some man in there as well, but I wouldn't say that it was anything too overwhelming. They just wanted to keep the Bills on their toes, but mostly zone because it fit with the game plan. One big thing that that stood out to me was those blitzes off the slot, though, and if you notice... What the Titans were doing is they were blitzing Elijah Molden from the wide side of the field. So you're going to be on either hash mark or in between the hash mark. What the Titans didn't want is they didn't want Josh Allen to get out to his right-hand side. He makes a lot of great plays. Mike Vrabel talked about this in his press conference. He gets out to the right-hand side, his dominant-hand side, and he makes a ton of plays outside the pocket. So what the Titans were doing is they were bringing a slot blitz to Josh Allen's right-hand side so that it would force him to the left instead of allowing him to go right. So again, great job by Elijah Molden, not just coming on those blitzes, but staying wide and understanding the purpose of why he is coming on that slot blitz. When the Titans weren't blitzing off the slot, they were trying to confuse the Bills, showing the slot blitz, but then bringing the inside linebacker up the middle. David Long had some really good plays getting into the middle of the Bills' pass protection and up into Josh Allen's face. So the Titans were trying to confuse the Bills there. They were doing a good job. Now, with those inside linebacker blitzes and with those slot cornerback blitzes, like I've talked about last week, you got to cut down on the twists and the stunts. Harold Landry's been running that inside loop all year for success. Well, the Titans had to cut down on those games and twists and stunt because, like I've been talking about the beginning of the season, that leaves you more vulnerable to letting the quarterback outside the pocket because you're bringing your outside guy and you're looping them in. If your inside guys don't get an outside push, well, then you're just leaving it open. That burnt the Titans throughout the first five weeks of the season. They corrected that here, as I was hoping that they would. More straight rushes with just the four guys or just an inside twist. We saw a sack from Harold Landry that was just an inside twist with him and and Jeffrey Simmons on the inside of the defensive line, not compromising the edge pressure and and the rush integrity. So you love to see that. do want to mention in the second half, Because the Titans were getting pressure on the Bills throughout the first half with the blitzes, Buffalo said, you know what? Your secondary is garbage. We are going to play three on six. So we're going to keep in. Buffalo's offense kept in their tight end. They kept in their running back. And they said, we're going to make sure you don't get pressure on Josh Allen. And we think that even with your six defensive backs out there covering, our three wide receivers are going to be able to beat them and get open. And guess what? They were right. They were able to do that, and Buffalo took what the Titans' defense gave them. They nickel and dimed it all the way down the field, and then the Titans were able to hold firm in the red zone. And I have a feeling the red zone defense for the Titans, which I've mentioned as a key all week, will be the subject of this week's film study that I write for the USA Today and the Titans Wire, so make sure that you guys check that out as well. But that's what I saw on defense. They followed the game plan that they followed before the game plan I outlined in the game preview. They executed it perfectly. There was a little bit of give and take throughout the game, but overall, an excellent plan from the Titans. Now, we are going to talk about the offensive side of the ball next. Very excited to get into that with you guys. Before we do, have to remind you about the title sponsor of our show, our friends over at McDonald's. This episode of Locked on Titans is brought to you by McDonald's. They've proudly been serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get great, tasty, affordable food. It's a place where family and friends can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries 
and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. Me personally, like I talked about, I had McDonald's during that Monday night football game, and now every primetime game that the Titans have going forward the rest of the year, I'm going to have to have my classic quarter pounder with cheese made like a Big Mac, a medium fry, and a cookie on the side. Just uh, absolutely all-time meal from McDonald's. So make sure that you head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did someone say Locked on Titans watch party at McDonald's? I don't know about you guys, but I'm loving it. And while we're talking about things that you can eat that are absolutely delicious, do want to remind you guys about the best tasting protein bars ever from our friends over at Built Bar. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Most of the bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down, but a Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll actually enjoy. In fact, you'd swear that you're eating a candy bar. My favorite right now is the Cookie Dough Crunch. Great texture, great flavor, and here's the best part. The bars don't just taste good. They're healthy for you as well. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and this month, Built Bar is coming out with a new limited time flavor every three to four days. So make sure you check the website often so you don't miss out on the new flavor of the week. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Once again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Titans fans, let's cap off this rewatch Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast by diving into the schematic analysis of the Titans offense. What were they doing with the X's and O's on Monday night to beat the Bills? We're going to dive in, but before we do, I want to thank you guys again for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. And as for your second listen, make sure that you check out the Peacock and Williamson show Monday through Friday. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you a national perspective on all of the latest NFL news. Make sure you check out the Peacock and Williamson podcast on whatever platform you do stream. But diving into the Titans offense. So the Titans wanted to run the ball with success. They needed some explosive plays in the passing game. And they needed to control the ball. And they did all of those things. And what I will say is throughout the first five weeks, we've seen the Titans have more success with the inside zone game, inside handoffs. But in this game, they really started to get the outside zone working. They were great in the red zone because of the outside zone as well. So let's kind of dive into exactly what was going on. The Titans played 11 personnel a ton in this game. That's one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers. And the reason for that is they wanted to spread the Bills' defense out. Of course, everybody wants to stack the box on the Titans, but if you spread out those wide receivers, you can't have that extra safety, that extra cornerback in the box. It's just not going to work for you. So, And when you do that, the Bills can't go to their base defense like some teams like to do against the Titans even when they're in 11. So the Titans were spreading out the Bills, creating less stacked boxes, for Derrick Henry, a lot of his big runs and his touchdown runs, the the Bills only had about six guys in the box. 
because they were trying to cover everything else and they were trying to stay spread out against the wide receivers and shotgun, what have you, inside zone, outside zone, mostly that outside zone. So the Titans did a great job with their formations of keeping the Bills spread out. And because of that, they were able to have that success in the outside zone game because there weren't as many second-level defenders to be ready for Derrick Henry. I will say the Bills did a good job of breaking tendency at times. They played, as everybody does against the Titans, they played a ton of press man with a bunch of guys at the line of scrimmage early on. But the Titans, especially in the second half, started getting it going and started beating that press man and having guys get open. Hello, A.J. Brown. It's crazy having one guy that consistently beats man coverage can totally open up the Titans' offense. It's just crazy. That's all they need is one guy who can get open against man coverage. And when Julio is finally healthy, if that ever does happen, having two guys who can consistently do that, whoo, that's the Titans' offense that we dreamed about. But here's the thing. They started confusing the Titans late in the game on third and short when they had typically been running man. The Titans would come out in a man for in a man beater formation. They would run a man coverage beater play, but the Bills would be in zone. So that chess match went back and forth throughout the second half, really, but a good job by the Bills defensive coordinator and head coach Sean McDermott for doing a good job of mixing up coverages and keeping the Titans on their toes. But ultimately, the Titans were able to find success because they got it going in the run game. And really what I want to point out is the Titans had success on first down and play action. Todd Downing went play action on first down in this game more than I remember the rest of the season. And that's what we have been asking for all along. And it's no coincidence that when the Titans started going with play action on first down, they started having success with A.J. Brown over the middle of the field. How many times did we see that in the second half? Play action fake on an early down. A.J. Brown over the middle for 15, 20 yards. Explosive pass plays. They are back in the Titans' offense. Let's go. The Titans needed that so bad. Now, here was a big element of this game. And uh, I believe that Lewis Riddick pointed it out during the broadcast. But as we see teams do, the Titans can be really deadly with the bootleg, with Ryan Tannehill. So what teams will do is they'll make sure that they have pressure coming off both edges. That way, they're setting an edge if you do hand it to Derrick Henry. And if you're running that bootleg to the backside, they have a defensive lineman right there for Ryan Tannehill. But what happens with that is that defensive lineman on the backside covering Tannehill, he's going to come up the field and try to take Tannehill on the bootleg. Well, what if you hand it off to Derrick Henry, and instead of going to the left, he cuts back to the opposite side? Well, now that defensive end that's supposed to have backside contained, he's all the way up the field worried about Ryan Tannehill. Well, Derrick Henry and the Titans had some real success on those cutback runs. Now, remember, at the beginning of the segment, I told you that the Titans were playing a ton of 11 personnel, and they were spreading the Bills' defense out. Well, if you spread the defense out and you don't have that extra safety or slot cornerback in the box and Derrick Henry runs that cutback run and the backside defender is up taking Ryan Tannehill five yards up the field, well, who is going to be there at the second level to stop Derrick Henry? The answer is no one. And that's why the Titans were able to have such good success. And then you start worrying about the cutback and you pay less attention and give less attention to the front side of the play. And then Derrick Henry gets touchdowns in the red zone. The Bills early on in the game were really stacking the weak side too. The If you have, let's say, a, a fullback, a tight end, and then the two wide receivers, one on either side, your typical um, 21 personnel. Well, the Bills 
we're actually having two linebackers on the weak side of the formation where the tight where the tight end isn't because they know the Titans like to run to the weak side. Well, the Titans said, okay, stack it. We're going to run play side. We're going to run front side, strong side, whatever you want to call it. And that's how the Titans were able to play that chess game, and they played that chess game all day long. Also, do want to mention out of shotgun, the read option with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry is truly undefeated. I mean, that play works in short-yarded situations over and over. Also, the Titans have really been incorporating some trap plays where they let one of the defensive linemen rush free up the field, and they'll pull the opposite side guard to kick him out. I just hit the mic, so sorry if that caused any... Uh, and I get too excited for offensive line play, baby. I was raised by an offensive line coach. Let's go. So anyways, traps, which the Titans are a zone team. Traps aren't a zone play. But the Titans have been incorporating trap plays in the red zone out of shotgun with Derrick Henry to, to give him some more room and take advantage of an over-aggressive defense on second down and third down. So love seeing that from Todd Downing. And the last thing I want to do is just big shout-out to the offensive line. Zero sacks allowed. Really bullied this Bills front. In the run game, I'm shocked by it. The Bills defensive line group, they have about eight guys in their rotation that all have been playing excellent football early on in the year. The Titans offensive line has had their struggles early on throughout the year. So the fact that they were able to play this well against this front, that's a great sign. And remember, I said in my Can the Titans Win the Super Bowl Still episode, I said that the problems with the offensive line were correctable. And they got corrected. So hopefully this can continue. But that is going to do it for a rewatch Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Make sure that you subscribe on whatever platform you do stream. That is going to do it for me today, though, folks. I'll be back with you guys tomorrow for a crossover Thursday. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked On Titans.